Okay. Um, I will say it's been a very long time since the last time I've preached. But um, I do remember one of the times that I did preach. Uh, my sermon was 12 minutes long, so hopefully I can do longer than that. Um, and so um, I want to start out asking a question. And um, hopefully by the end of this uh, sermon, you guys will have a more clear idea of what the answer is. And so um, what first attracted us to the gospel? Um, thinking about that. Um, well, okay. Well, thinking about that, just keep that in your head while I keep on talking. But um, it's a fact that we can be saved from condemnation and the the second death. And um, we see God showing us this great act of love by giving up his son. And so um, we just have to think about how we can deeply root ourselves within God and within his word and um, us cultivating our faith. And so um, I would like to read... Uh, Ecclesiastes 12. Um, and I'll be reading from the first verse. And I'll be reading through the whole chapter. Um, it says there, uh, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are not darkened, and the clouds did, do not return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men bow down, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look through the windows grow dim, when the doors are shut in the streets and the sound of grinding is low, when one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of music are brought low, also they are afraid of height and of terrors in the way, when the almond tree blossoms and when the almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper is a burden and desire fail, fails. For, men, for man goes to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the well. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to, return to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. And so... Um, there's a couple of chapters personally that I like uh, within the Bible. The first one is Ecclesiastes 12, and it's also 1 Corinthians uh, 13. But um, that's just the introduction. And one of my first uh, point that I want to bring out is love. I know um, sermons on love are really popular and everything, but I want to bring this concept of love and then the next point I'll bring up and kind of mesh them together. So um, the love that we see within God is something that surpasses all the understanding and uh, it, it can overcome any obstacle. And um, it's crazy thinking about that um, here and now we can only see a small depth of what exactly God's love is. And so... Um, Personally, uh, the only kind of love that I've seen from a young age is within my parents um, and how it's something that is through actions and it's through words. And um, But with God, we don't see that kind of love. He loved us from the beginning. He loved us before we were born, before um, we did anything wrong. 
and then even after we did stuff wrong, he still loved us through that, and it can only, it's only, it can go so far down in a more emotional level and also a spiritual level. And so, um, would you please turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13? And while you're uh, flipping there, um, we don't see that kind of physical love from God. It's, it's, we see his uh, spiritual love, and um, that kind of love surpasses this physical shell that we have. And so, um, 1 Corinthians 13, I'll be reading from verse 4. It says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And I'll read the first part of verse 8, and love never fails. That is amazing, considering that this love that we're able to show to one another this this love that is kind isn't proud isn't rude granted um maybe rude at times but i think it's it's more on a deeper level it's more of a are we rude to someone because i don't know something they did years ago or something like that but um in order to get to this level of love it takes a constant effort. It's a constant um, changing of who we are and what we believe in, and it's a complete rewiring of how um, it's a complete rewiring of how we love. And um, the fact that we are supported by God and we have the ability to even reach for salvation is, is extremely grace, gracious and merciful, and um, it it caused them to sacrifice His own Son and. Um, I know that uh, every parent in this room loves their children, um, but are you willing to see your child die for people who are, for complete strangers, for them to not even have a guaranteed chance to reach heaven, but only a chance? Um, I know I'll say I don't have any children. Um, Lord willing, I'll have some, but I'll go ahead and answer this now from an assumption. Uh, No, I'm not going to give up my kid for that. I'm not. I'm just going to be honest. Um, just being able to see uh, someone's smile on their face each and every day, not going to give that up. But God did that for us. He showed us that kind of love that um, surpasses all understanding, um, fulfills all these things here. Um, but, um, yeah. So, there are two scriptures that I want to read. Uh I know this one's uh, extremely popular, but would you please turn to John 3? It says there, um, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Um, I know a lot of people, well, a lot of other people out there, only read this first part, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
but they don't read the second part of this verse, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then also, uh, verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through that, but through that the world through him might be saved. Um, just even on the Lord's table and everything, we're reminded of what he did each and every day. And we need to continually try to understand the deeper level of love that God had and the, the sense of responsibility that he has and for the responsibility that we have to love him back also. And so um, would you please turn to John 15? I'll be starting in verse 9. It says there, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Um, it's weird considering um, that Christ would even consider us his friends. It's, uh, it's weird that... Um, well, I'll say this on more of a physical level, but he doesn't even know who who we are. He doesn't know um, what we will do or have done. But this is on a physical level. On a spiritual level, I'm pretty sure he knows everything. But um, he doesn't consider us enemies as long as we believe that he is um, alive and true and considering that Christ even went through all of that pain just to have the ability to say that we're his friends. Um, and so going into the uh, next part and kind of meshing this together. Um, so my boss asked me uh, if I was scared of her um, not too long ago. And uh, I told her yes, because she can fire me. And so I can lose my job. But um then she asked me if I was afraid of my dad. I was like, well, I'm afraid of my dad because of something else. I'm afraid that uh, I may disappoint him. That's, that's what I'm afraid of. And so whenever we think about that, we have to think about every single time that we sin, that we fail God's love. And that's what we should truly fear, is that um, God's love is taken for granted. That's that's whenever things reach a whole entire uh, different level, and we have to work to move away from that. Um, and so, um, also ultimately, we uh, ultimately we fear the uh, the second death. And so, um, that's why we strive to constantly constantly change ourselves uh, each and every day to root out those uh, spiritual flaws that we have, and so that we're able to completely change who we are and to focus more on the spiritual. Um, and so we have to keep in mind that uh, while we face all kinds of hardships and trials, uh, we're working towards that goal of finally hearing good and faithful servant from God. 
Um, so I'll read again uh, Ecclesiastes 12, um, verses uh, 1 through 8, and kind of talk about this more than just reading through it. Um, so um, I'm sure uh, everyone, or the majority of everyone here knows that Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, and he's writing Ecclesiastes to his son. And so um, in the first verse, this is probably the reason why I like this so much, is remember now in your days, remember now your creator in the days of your youth, uh, before the days come, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Um, the fact that someone can say, I have no pleasure in them, is showing that we're kind of tired. We're kind of tired of um, what this world is doing. Uh, even during the class, Devin uh, was talking about Sons of Solomon and the various uh, sexual immoralities that go on along in this world, and that's just a small sliver of what... Um, small sliver of the sins that go on, but um, I will say uh, I'm tired of hearing about young kids doing uh, obscene things or hearing them uh, talk in ways that should never have came to be, um, and I have no pleasure in what we hear in the news. I have no pleasure in that and all the kinds of um, crazy things that go on. But um, we have to think about um, the days of our youth. We have to remember um, what we went through in order to get here. We have to think about that. We have to remember um, the sins that we have done and not to return back to them. And so... Um, even uh, no matter what age you come to the gospel, let us just remember not to fall away from that. Um, it's, a, it's a message for everyone, no matter what walk of life you came from, no matter uh, what sins you have done, but just don't return to those sins again. That's, that's the main goal for everyone. And, uh, I would say we, we all struggle in our own different ways, and um, let us support one another. Let us show each other that love, and um, let us fear God. And while we do, uh, while we make those choices, and so um, one of the things that people might say if we're trying to show them the gospel is that um, no, I can't. I can't accept the gospel. Um, my sins are too much. I have too many sins. Um, I will say that is probably the most ridiculous excuse I have heard um, because no matter how many sins you have, uh, one isn't greater than the other. And um, Even looking at the genealogy of Christ, Rahab the harlot, she's in the genealogy of Christ. So seeing how... Um, as in a line of lineage, uh, how Christ got to be. He came from a harlot, so to speak. That's where he came from. Um, but with Rahab, she feared God. She saw uh, power that was beyond her comprehension. She saw 
what you shouldn't believe in. Um, but not only that, but Christ died for everyone. And so um, even for the ones who pledge to never believe he exists and for those who have used up their whole entire lives to prove that he's just someone's figment of imagination. Um, it's, uh, it's weird thinking about how much people are trying to go against something that they don't understand. And if they do have a deeper understanding of who God is, then they'll realize that what they have been doing is wrong and Lord willing will come to Christ. But um, personally, whenever I first became a, uh, a Christian after I was baptized, I was, uh, I was afraid of people seeing how I changed and the different choices I would make instead. And um, I realized that it was a chance for me to show them what happened, to show them why we're able to stand here now, and to show them uh, the love they don't realize that they're receiving right now, to be able to be standing right there. Um, and so, uh, would you please turn your Bibles to Second Corinthians, not Second, Second Timothy, Second Timothy, the first chapter. I'll be starting in verse eight. And Second um, Timothy is one of uh, my other most liked books of the Bible. Um, so starting in verse 8 therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of, nor of me his prisoner but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and not according to, to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which, is, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Um, personally, I like this because it's something that um, gives me strength to speak out, to, to be able to uh, push past that fear and to show love instead. And... Um, let us just strive to not be afraid to say anything. Let us strive to um, be able to show that love is kind and uh, love is not puffed up and is not evil to um, not change who we want to be in Christ. Um, so would you uh, scroll back, um, would you go up to verse 3? Um, it says there, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in 
your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a, of a sound mind. Um, in verse 5, uh, Paul is remembering uh, Timothy, how he came to the gospel. Um, this is kind of going back to a previous point, but um, we have to remember where we came from. And that may not be of the best places, um, but we have to take a look at the roads that we have traveled in order to get to this point. We have to think about uh, the hardships that we've gone through and realizing that everything that has happened to us is worth us being able to be here now and to be within Christ. And so, um, would you please turn to 1 Corinthians 13? And um, I'll just be reading the whole chapter. Um says there, Though speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffer long, suffers long, and is kind, and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And so, um, We keep God's commandments so that one day we will be able to see him face to face and that we'll be able to um, feel his love. So um, as we are here now, let us be able to um, leave here remembering uh, the reasons as to why we became Christians in the first place and realizing that him showing his love and him sacrificing his, his son is personally why I realized that um, being a Christian is probably the greatest choice you'll ever make. Um, but as we're here now um, and we leave, let us remember that and uh, let us ever strive to uh, to constantly keep our lamps burning, to ever constantly um, make it grow brighter and realizing that um, the fear that we have of God isn't one that uh, paralyzes us. It's one that causes us to take actions. And His love is the same thing that does for us. It, it 
it pushes us forward to go through any kinds of hardships, through any um, any kind of struggles we may go through, any temptations that we may have, and it surpasses anything that we um, it surpasses anything that we'll face. And so, um, the last there's one last scripture that I want to read, and would you please turn to Ecclesiastes 12? Um, I'll be reading the last part. Um, it says here in verse 13, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. And so for those who need a response to the gospel in any way, please come forward as we stand and sing the invitation song. <laughs>